0: jay rayner makes a good point about the kind of hipster foraging trend in, in some guardian piece he wrote recently about uh it was like a review of a restaurant where like all of the original you know all of the ingredients have been foraged from the land around the restaurant and he's like we have industrial food production processes for a reason like and they have fed and given nutrition to people at a scale that would have been impossible i love it without it like yeah. you know like maybe he doesn't go quite so far as to say i you know I refuse to eat anything forage or mm. whatever anything silly like that but i think his point of view is that it's a slightly silly bourgeois fetishism mm. because you can't we can't all forage and to feed ourselves no that's not how the modern world mm. works like it, it was, it's literally not possible. Yeah. There isn't enough stuff growing yeah. for us to do that. There are a lot more people alive today yeah. than there were in the 18th century yeah. when these practices were more common. And uh, you know, industrial medicine, just like industrial food production, has saved millions, saved and prolonged, and mm-hmm. made healthier and happier millions of lives. Which is something that obviously you and I both agree on. We're not hippies, mm. either of us, no. is, but. I think both of us have a bit of sympathy for some of these ways, right? But it's
1: a time thing as well. Like, I found it really interesting when I was talking to my dad, because I always imagined that my grandmother, because she knew so much about herbs, she had always gone out and foraged and mm. picked herbs and whatever. And my dad was like, no, like, she did when she was younger. Yeah. So you kind of do it when you're like a kid and a teenager, okay. yeah, before you have to go out to work. And then, yeah. But then, you know, by the time that my grandmother was my dad's mother, mm. she was... She was working. She was yeah, raising yeah. kids. She had stuff to do. Like, she couldn't go and, like, traverse the fields trying to find whatever. It was yeah. hard. It was hard. She didn't have that time. But yeah. the kids did have that. The kids had that time. The, the, the older women had that yeah. time. You know? It was but, like...
0: And in the middle, there's too much life. There's too much, life there's too much on. Yeah. I love how, like, relatedly, like, any stories of, like, pre-20th century life... Particularly about if it involves kids, they're always going off picking flowers. And I can only, that was basically, listeners, that was the Nintendo of its day. That's what they did instead. <laughs> like, my favorite stories about the like, Occupation of um, Honor Oak uh, Hill near where I live in South London. A critical part of that is two kids who were going to forage for flowers get chased mm. by these dogs, and there's this big kind of conflict that arises. That's what kids used to do in the old days, apparently. <laughs> um, bless them, Pick how how wholesome! And- <laughs> Pick flowers and
1: and also travel. like
0: they'd have those circles, um, those circular like wooden hoops, which they'd run down the street yeah. <laughs> with a with a with a with a stick yeah. chasing, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. I could can never really see the appeal like cup and ball that's got to be a limited appeal that's not it anyway <laughs>
1: but I think because digression. of that yeah there's actually a, a really interesting social economy that kind of that was generated from these kind of some people being too busy to be able to get the herbs mm-hmm. a lot of there was like a system of bartering but also so, so the kids
0: sell the flowers is that what you mean by social economy So,
1: so what I mean is the kids would pick the flowers, if or well, they pick the herbs if mm, they could. Mm. Um, often there'd be, like, older women who would pick the herbs. But, you know, they would then be bartered with something. Okay. So they might, you know, sell, they might trade this for someone had something or other. Sweets. Yeah, or, like, you know, something like that, really. Like, yeah. you know, something that's quite functional, like tea could be, like, traded for something else. Yeah. But also older people in society had a real functional use in the sense that like they were com- they were pillars of the community and really valued because they could go out identify these things with their mm. time you know they could look after the kids yeah. during these escapades and whatever yeah. when the parents were going out to work or whatever yeah yeah one of the things that kind of really runs through the piece but i've been thinking a lot about is like the value of the generations above us as mm. we lose them, mm. we lose their body and wealth of knowledge, mm. we lose their skills, yeah. we lose their warmth and their love and their familiarity as much as we lose their like sometimes curmudgeonliness and like annoyingness, right? I guess I was sick of feeling alienated. I was I, I was kind of homesick in the sense that I was mm. like homesick for for my ancestors. Yeah. For a sense of like identity. Because yeah. Like I said during that like teenage period I shunned my Polishness. Yeah. I rejected it. You know, it's not it was very
0: common yeah. though. Very yeah, common of to, very co- like as with, you know, I think with kids anything. brought up in religious homes yeah. that's a point where you're like I'm going to establish my own identity that is unique from this and is free from those constraints that, you know, it's not cool to be yeah. associated with your parents, parents. and then it, I think it's also really, you know, not to not to diminish your own mm-hmm. personal experience, because I think but just so many people have a version of this, right, mm-hmm. where then you hit your twenties and you, you sort of start to you push back the other way, and you're like, mm-hmm. actually I missed out, I'm missing out on a lot there if, mm-hmm. I don't, if I don't have any connection to that past and you start to, you want to understand your place in the world in a very different way, yeah, having got through the identity formation awkward teenage mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. you know, you're an emo, you're a raver, you're a goth. You've explained and,
1: all of my yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, and, and a rap kid and a grime yeah. kid, and then and then you sort of you know like actually wait, there's there's a lot here that appeals to me. Yeah, you're talking about you're talking very really interestingly there about the like that sort of longing for a home that isn't a home you actually lived in. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a country that you've lived in, but it is something that's so important and is a part of you. But does it help that it sort of you feel like it? It has an oral tradition that precedes your grandparents, or it's sort of folk tradition rather that precedes your grandparents and goes back, like because those ways would have been passed down Mm. for generations, right? And
1: I think it's that. I think it's the loss of the kind of oral traditions of history and storytelling. Mm. I've started to notice it more because I am increasingly struggling to speak Polish. Something that was like a language that was my, really? no, it was my, se- it was my secondary language always. Mm. Like English was my first language, but it was a language that I dreamt in, that I thought really? in right. really quite often. Yeah. That really I understood, you know, that was like, that I could speak with ease. And I think it's one of those things that you blink and you're. If you're not
0: careful, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. you're not,
1: if you're not careful. So it's mm. it's really crept up on me. And I'm starting to find it more and more alienating because I stopped going to Poland on our holidays consistent, like consistently when I was like 16. We'd usually mm. go for like a month, more than a month or whatever. And then you blink and then you're 30. And before you know it, the words that you used to be able to speak like water, the thoughts that came to you so easily mm. feel like distant and foggy and my mouth can't say them in the way that they could say them before because mm. there's like the zh's and zh's and like the complex, like um, kind of like spellings of like CZs and uh, D yeah, How are they and... supposed to
0: sound different? Can you, given this is a podcast, can you?
1: So there's like
0: r, yeah, zh, <laughs> zh. Those are all different. Yeah. <laughs> wow, right, see? Hi listeners, um, it's Dan here. Thanks very much for listening to that. Uh, clip from our latest Patreon episode. If you want to hear the full episode, there is a whole hour of uh, Cash and I discussing herbal teas and advent calendars and class and identity and diasporas and, and so on and so forth um, over on our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash cursed objects. It's only £4 a month to subscribe and for that you get regular Bonus episodes in addition to the free ones that we put on the main feed on your Spotify, on your iTunes, etc. Um, and for the first time, we actually have something else off our Patreons now, which is some delightful cursed uh, stickers that uh, are inspired by particular episodes um, that we've done in the past from series one. Things like the house plants episode and the uh, Wenlock, the police officer with one eye, who was policing the Olympics, um, and that's those are designed by our very good friend and designer of our logo, Archie Bashford, um, and if you sign up to the Patreon you'll get a pack of those five stickers, they're sort of designed to look like playing cards as well, uh, they fit perfectly on the back of your phone um, as well. And um, yeah, they're just a little thank you gift to our Patreons, which if you sign up for four quid a month, you will be getting too. Uh, if you can't afford to uh, sign up to our Patreon and you are enjoying the podcast, then then apologies and don't worry, uh, we will continue to be making, to make regular free episodes and put them on the main feed. Um, but it is really appreciated if you can chip in because Cash and I do this in our spare time on top of our... Or day jobs, and uh, it helps. It helps fund us to make the free episodes for everybody. Um, thanks again. There'll be another free episode up on the main feed in a matter of weeks. And uh, take care, and keep it cursed. Cheers.